Here we go. I love this country. I was born here. And I've written many songs glorifying it. <laughs> but it ain't perfect. Now I'm gonna write a song criticizing it. Don't be surprised now. We are just the empire of lies now. It's looking like we're meeting our demise now. Put your faith in God and look up to the skies now. We are just the empire of lies now. We are just the empire of lies now. It's looking like we're meeting our demise now. Put your faith in God and look up to the sky now. The time is now, we're just the empire of lies now. Need an overhaul. Overseas, we so involved. I see the writing, it's on the wall. This Babylon, we gonna fall. You think God is looking down and proud of all his people? We kill babies by the millions. He will crush us, we are feeble. Uh, he is God, we are man. He's the rock, we are sand. He's got a rod with a big old hand. One swipe, all your little plans, man. Okay, I will not put any faith in the man that will look to the sky. <laughs> are you gonna make it to heaven? It's real, but look in my eyes. Bro, China, Russia. Man, ain't the ops. To ones in our country, and most of them making the lies, and most of them making the profit. Take a look at the clock. Time is ticking. Need a boss. God's coming with a big old mop. Okay, let me get this straight. We kick God out of just about everything that we possibly can in this country. We kick him out of schools. We kick him out of government. We push homosexuality on our children. We tell little boys that you could be a little girl. The cup of iniquity and immorality is overflowing in this country. And we expect God to protect us? I don't think don't so. Don't be surprised now. We are just the empire of lies now. It's looking like we're meeting our demise now. Put your faith in God and look up to the skies now. We are just the empire of lies now. We are just the empire of lies now. It's looking like we're meeting our demise now. Put your faith in God and look up to the sky now The time is now, we're just the empire of lies now Corruption, everybody gets the Russian But I don't trust the production, they line using seduction The devil pulling them strings, the TV ain't what it seems He coming no other relief, but until I die I'ma pull up my sleeves We turning the boys into girls and taking the king off the throne Instead of these foreign affairs, man, why don't we focus on home? Got a border crisis, big threat, it's more than ISIS Point the finger, who's more righteous? That's Babylonian, whore rises Everybody drinking from her cup Won't you come here to America? We can fill it up, I'm American But truly, I just think I had enough Bunch of dummies run this country Things about to get rough Even on the conservative side You go to these events, you see cross-dressers, man Homosexuals, people living it up, partying The world drinks from her cup you are witnessing the fall of Babylon. Don't be surprised now. We are just the empire of lies now. It's looking like we're meeting our demise now. Put your faith in God and look up to the skies now. We are just the empire of lies now. We are just the empire of lies now. It's looking like we're meeting our demise now. Put your faith in God and look up to the sky now. The time is now. We're just the empire of lies now. At Digging Deeper, we want to do everything we possibly can to protect these babies from sickening creatures. We refuse to sit and watch from the bleachers. The ugly truth. Hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. Here struggled Jennings and his daughter Brianna with a cry for help. And then we'll get started on the ugly truth.
Tonight is the ugly truth of the January 6th hoax. Oh my gosh. We told you about this on January 6th, or it was January 7th. Yes. I don't know when you we went live. It. We went live. Yes. We went live on January 6th as it was happening, and we wrote an article, and we have covered this. Yes. The ugly truth of the January 6th political prisoners is one of our articles and podcasts already. Yes. But and now, Tucker Carlson, we talked about this in the intro, right? Yes, we did. Tucker has brought it out to the big public and said, there's something going on here, and it's causing some problems, it looks like. Right. Well, actually, we got a little bit of positivity now coming from that because the January 6th footage creates a legal headache for the DOJ. Yeah. Yes. Good news. A lawyer... Representing one of the five Proud Boys members on trial for seditious conspiracy, referenced Carlson's showcase on Thursday, saying that the tapes offered to the commentator by House Speaker McCarthy proved federal prosecutors actually hid plainly exculpatory footage. The court filing is the latest of several requests for a mistrial from attorneys representing the five Proud Boys who have repeatedly accused the government of wrongdoing. Can I interject something real quick? You may. I just started... Did anybody else put this two and two together? Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker. Yes. He's the number one guy in the House now. Yes. Everybody in his house voted on the same side today. Hmm. And it had to do with the same thing, did it not? It did. Does what Kevin McCarthy... does he have over every <laughs> single one of those oh, moments? That's what I was thinking. What oh. kind of poll does he have? Hmm. Because you know he was being fed by Trump. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You know, every time we talk about things, we hmm. get another little... So, things that make you go... Hmm. So, that's the good news. But, it's been a long time coming. Yes. And we have reported on many discrepancies we've observed almost immediately, as well as the ill treatment of the political prisoners, like I said in... Episode 267, I think it was. Or 79 or something. Something yeah. like that. So, as well as uh, in reading here to set the stage, here's one of those clips. Are we going to watch a clip here now? Yeah, we're going to watch. Which one? Who died at the Capitol? Oh, oh, this is the one I found? Yes. Okay. Okay, everybody. All right. So, we have several videos here. And everybody needs to hang on to their seats here because this one is really kind of disturbingly um, revealing about the actual step-by-step orchestration of events Mm -hmm. at the Capitol on January 6th. Let me remind you of a girl named Ashley Babbitt. She died, right? You're going to see the full picture. This is going to be fun. Are we ready, Andy? We are ready. Let's do it. Read me. There's some protests happening down outside the Capitol. The simulated riots in D.C. was a powder keg long in the making. The evidence for pre-planning and setting up a situation for a disaster is overwhelming. Paid actors. We can take that place. We got more people coming up. Let's get them down here on the I want to confess that I was paid to pretend to protest today. Hey, I'm gonna break this fucking wall if you don't stop. They, they, they hit me with bullets. They're not officers, man. Controllers. They were guys. They were almost like monitors. They were like corralling them. And they were telling them what to do. And they did everything these guys did. You can drop down into a room underneath. Don't touch your Take a step back. And Hollywood tear gas and mace. All on display for hundreds of professional photographers conveniently on scene. In this episode, we're going to analyze the climax of the story 
and show you how a little stage direction and fake blood became an instrumental role in furthering the division of the nation. He was hiding there. She had no idea that he was even sitting there aiming a gun right at her face. It's not talk anymore! I didn't see it, but they shot a this is everything wrong with the Capitol shooting. I'm convinced you news America's better from what I saw. You guys gonna come in the building? Only on Woo's News. The Homeland Security Exercise and Evaluation Program provides a set of guiding principles for large emergency response drills. In these guidelines, we read about the various roles, such as players, controllers, simulators, evaluators, actors, observers. The term participant encompasses many groups of people, not just those playing in the exercise. The head directors of large emergency drills are called exercise controllers. Their job is to keep things running according to the master plan. And here's a cover of the guidelines manual, which spells sheep. I mean, Hasid. Any professional emergency response drill or military drill makes use of fake blood in a variety of forms. Blood capsules, sponges, syringes, and squibs. A simple blood squib is a pouch that is designed to break on impact. There are all kinds of squibs using various pumps and tube assemblies. Here's the Hydrosim Trauma Bleeding Simulation System. It's basically a small pack containing a fake blood supply and a pumping mechanism and some tubes. Some of them are battery operated. Now that we're equipped with the various roles, let's start the analysis. Aquí, outside the speaker's lobby. As a footnote, I am not affiliated with any gangs. And I wasn't paid to make this video, so I'm looking at this completely unbiased. We've also added a time code to Jaden X's footage, which we'll call Angle 1. And let's review the scene with minimal volume. You'll notice how much chaos is happening on screen, yet our eyes are fixed to the woman because that's what we're here to see. No one seems to be concerned with being the next target. It's bang, action. It should be noted that everyone in the room knows what's going to happen. They all play towards the camera. Now, let's take a look at some of our characters. Adam Gray, our photographer. Taylor Hansen, Vetter. Rufio. Fredo. Yellow. Data. Jaden, Thomas Barani, Ninja, slash Evaluator, Secret Agent Man, or as I like to call him, Sam, Medic, slash Controller, Parrot Blocker, Shades, Red, SWAT 1, and SWAT 2, Frickin' Frack, and our star, Rabbit. We're gonna break this down together, and we're gonna analyze this with six different angles, and in chronological order. Let's do this. Now this is Medic coming into the room. Notice the enormous earpiece. What's that about? Now look what Red does. He kicks the door. Now we see Red either pick up something or drop something. And it looks like Medic does the same. And we know he's the Medic because of this patch or sticker. Here we can see Red has one glove on. And you can see Jaden in the distance. Now we're all kind of led into this room outside the speaker's lobby. We can see Medic has one glove on as well. There's Frick. Oh, hey there. And there's our star. They're just waiting around again. And you can see our star looking in the direction of the weapon. She seems amped up or nervous. And you can see we have Taylor Hansen on our left. Notice how Yellow hands Rufio the helmet. And notice while he does that, we can see Cop 2 and Fredo discussing. Almost like they're waiting for something. Okay, we got police coming up. Okay, we got police coming up. Now freaking Frack come down. Rufio takes off his hat, changing his appearance. He receives the signal and they leave. And it all feels a little rehearsed. And you can see Adam Gray push his way through. Now this is orange in the front. You should also note that the glass is not glass, but plastic or stage glass. And you'll notice that this barricade was set up before they entered the room. You can see Barani and Red to the left of the screen. In about 30 seconds, they're gonna make their way to the front. Notice how our star keeps looking over to the left as if she's waiting for something. As the officers leave, they're pretending to talk to each other. And you can see how easy this plastic comes out. You see how easy that is? Frack taps the back of Vetter. Jaden is the first one to give the command that there is a weapon at 34 minutes and 49 seconds. And you can hear others chanting the same thing. Notice that the gunman briefly removes his hand from the weapon, like he's communicating, replying to his earpiece. Look how long it takes him to do it. Notice this person just walking in the background. If we draw a straight line from where the weapon is to where our star is, you will see that they don't match up. The weapon is far below her neck area. And boom, right there. Now that's 15 seconds since Jaden announced there was a weapon. That's important. Now let's back it up 15 seconds. We can see this guy point to Orange. Orange gives a hand movement. And look, the Hollywood glass just falls right out. 
SWAT 1 goes to Sam. Now, why would Blue ever be in on this conversation? Blue makes his way past Yellow, where he grabs him, and you can see Barani making a hand movement. And he touches Red on the back, and Barani signals her to get into place. And she goes through, and she's ready to fall. And they all scatter. Notice this guy in the background. No one looks in the direction of the gunman. Yellow gets into place. Now that's Rufio. Right when she goes up, he turns his back. It doesn't make sense that Rufio's corralled all these people into breaking down the doors only to step to the side and turn his back. In this angle, Rufio turns to take a peek. And he touches Red on the back. And Ninja automatically puts his hands up. Also, notice when she falls back, her backpack looks fairly plump. A perfect breakaway for a fall. And you'll see Yellow breaks her fall. Boom, with his foot. And here you can see the plastic glass. Red gets out of the way. And interestingly enough, Ronnie moves down just to touch her. Just to touch her right backpack area. Just for a brief moment. While Sam comes down, he moves her, what, nine inches to his left. He's about to reach under her right shoulder. At the same time he does it, Swat One briefly squeezes her right hand or he's putting something in there when Sam picks her up she puts her hands in front of her face it almost appears that she opens her eyes right there and she just puts her hands out boom she's set down then her elbows go down as Data and Orange move into place now Sam's gonna make a big hand movement his left hand is still under her right shoulder trying to give her a back massage and shit who rides this and look how she's laying she's still got her right leg up it's only been 11 seconds since the weapon went off and here you can see her curl the side of her mouth up while a drop of blood runs out from under her nose which takes less than 16 frames here it is in real time no blood and there it is and she has her hands like she's about to give a shadow puppet performance that's just an interesting face to make no suffering it's like boom instant death she's basically using that backpack as a pillow all the while look to sam's right there's ninja and ninja's been there all along and he comes down with him and it almost looks like she has a smile on her face it's almost like a mona lisa and she's holding her right hand clenched like she has something in there now you have SWAT 1 coming in, playing a scene blocker. And notice how Rufio is just clamoring over SWAT 3, because there's quite a bit of photographers in that room. Now look, frickin' Frack, he grabs him in the back, and he puts his hands up. See how he just grabs him and, and he puts his hands up? They were friends earlier, remember? And look at Barani. Okay guys, I'm just gonna pull out my phone. And notice how he looks at his hand. He's gonna do that a couple times. And there's a reason for that. So now SWAT 1's making his hand movements, you know, the big pointing. And now he's gonna put up his weapon. And he does this little dance with his knees. Okay, thank you. Thumbs up. Like he's pretending to talk to someone. And he's like, thumbs up. And now Data moves in. He clumsily takes his book bag off. Now here it gets really strange. With the exception of her nose, at this time code we see there's no blood on her. 3517. We're gonna see her pop in right there. Nothing. 3521. But wait, boom. 3525. Four frames. That's four seconds. And now it looks like she's devoured some small woodland creature. Don't you love how blood defies gravity? But how is that possible? Let's back it up four seconds. Now watch. Notice how Sam moves his left hand from her right backpack area. And he goes to grab her hand like she's doing a peace sign. With her hand. Dips it in. Look at that movement. Now you can see him move his hand across her face. But look, she moves her wrist into his hand first. It kind of looks like she's smearing blood on her face. Or putting something in her mouth. But you can see the movement. And he swats her hand down. Then he forcefully turns her head to the right. It's hard to see if those are her fingers or if she's holding on to something. Now Sam gets up. And all he's doing is just pointing. Look, well, I guess my work here is done. They're both pointing at the same time because it makes for good pictures. You've got the drama, you've got the pointing. And now this blood is just gushing out of her mouth. Don't make no sense. Do you hear that? Y'all murdered this person? It's only been 21 seconds since the weapon went off. Scrabbing him, like, what are we gonna do? And notice, he has a full beard. Do people in these positions normally have full beards? Maybe? Okay. He's also double masked. Ooh, such a secret. And they just keep pointing, look. Swat one, swat, swat two. <laughs> we can see that Yellow has changed his appearance as well. And so, Data does these big gestures. She's still got her damn hands, like she's playing a scarecrow or something. Now this guy coming in, he's a parrot blocker and he's saying move move data just looks up he's like medic scapel all the while ninja's still back there just monitoring everything data is just still fumbling through his bag not looking for anything in particular everybody's just kind of moving around her an active shooter. we have an active shooter how original get her down get her down 
<laughs> she is down, bro. God, it's so cringy. Get the light! Flashlight! Flashlight! So they're screaming for a flashlight. Out of all things, a flashlight. Because the flashlight will enhance the drama of the photos. And it draws the eye down towards the light. Where is she hit? Where is she hit? Yeah, it seems like no one really knows. And that's when she opens her mouth, like she's spitting it out. You can see she has blood on her fingers. But when do we see her ever touch that area? And Data taps her left hand and she puts it down. And like flicks something away. Fixes something out of her hair. It's unclear if Data is contributing to the blood effects or if he's just a scene blocker. You can see SWAT 1 knees her right arm closer to her. And then she tucks it under her right butt cheek. So this is the medic. He identifies himself as the medic. Notice that wonderful earpiece he has on. And let's see the various ways he tries to save her. Medic puts his water bottle down. Swat one just grazes her. Everybody's just grazing her. Pair blocker getting up in there. And so medic pulls down the flag that's tied around her neck. And notice he only had one glove coming into the room, which is very interesting. Look, when he does this move, she opens her mouth briefly. Or she says something. So he's only using one hand, but she just lets some of the blood out of her mouth. Thank God for Cap. And her eyes are, she's looking at things, where before she was just looking straight ahead. At the same time, you can see them just hanging out. And here comes the scene blocker cop. Now Ninja's either just making hand movements for the camera, or he's giving directions to SWAT 1. And SWAT 1 is just fumbling around with this little napkin, this little toilet in a baggie. Notice how Medic tucks this, what looks to be a cell phone, in between Data's knees. It appears Data takes the cell phone away with him. Did you see that? What is Parrot Blocker pulling from her hair? And here he puts it into his pocket. Parrot Blocker shouts to SWAT that he's a medic, yet does nothing. You can start to see his very small pool of blood, like the size of a cookie, <laughs> right where Sam's hand was. That's when they all come out. We gotta get EMS here, guys. Now, notice Ninja just randomly puts his hands up. The cops have been next to him this whole time. And now he's putting his hands up? It's for the camera. She's dead. I caught her phone. Her eyes. Her eyes Did you hear Jaden? Because he keeps repeating it over and over. He's saying the light faded from her eyes. They're all gaslighting because they know the audio is going to be recorded. So they're all kind of pointing and overacting and fumbling in their little corners. 3621, Taylor Hansen smiles. Look at Shades. And Fredo has no one to talk to. He's got nothing to do right now. And SWAT 1 and SWAT 2 are still fumbling with this stupid fucking bag. What is that? Little gauze? So he's just tugging it along on the flag. On the flag kerchief. Everybody's grabbing for her neck. What's that? That's Medic's hand. Do you hear the scrunch as he squeezes? And the Medic comes in. It almost looks like Medic hesitates. And then he comes in. Now we see this very small pool of blood. See how there's just a small passive blood stain? It leaves no trail or indication of a direction. There's no spine, satellite, or elongation tails. There's no cast off. There's no arterial spray or expirated spatter, which makes the use of a blood squib in her backpack and around her neck the most plausible explanation, which could be why during this whole ordeal they never untie the flag. She's gone, man. We're gonna see that uh, cap, black hat cap. He's still just looking for a pulse, but he just declared that she wasn't there. And now look, he clearly has blood on his fingers. And he turns his fingers around and looks at them. And he just wipes them on the flag. Look, he just wipes them on the flag. And he moves it out of the way. And that's when SWAT 1 comes in with his little towelette. Dab, dab, dab. Dab, 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 dab. Like this is fucking ASMR or some shit. At the same time, he snaps another photo. Ronnie's faking a call, look it out his hand. And there's Jaden, and Ninja just ninjas his way over to us. Scene blocker cop blocks parrot blocker. Hey, what's going on? Who's that? Oh, he's got a radio. Maybe he'll call for help. No one's doing anything. Medic stands up. See, he's the medic with that sticker. And there's Adam Gray taking all the photos. And it appears the clock reads 2.47. Fredo still has nothing to do. Now look, it's frickin' Frat. They're still hanging out. Frick sees the camera and begins acting again. Yep, we're still rolling. What? Got blood on the floor. Yeah, and not that much. Now that's Yellow saying that. Oh, Vetter, bless your heart. And now look at Rufio with his hand on top of his head like, Oh, it's such a shame. Oh, Barani puts his hand around red. There's the famous photo. Has anybody seen an iPhone on the ground? <laughs>
Has anyone seen an iPhone? <laughs> Nobody's doing anything. Everybody's just hanging out. Angry lady number one. She's just there to scream at them. Now notice they're still taking photos of her in the background, yet no one has done anything. She's dead, she's dead. Hansen in the background. He's got his footage. This is, oh no, we'll see him later. Barani motions to medic. And now Fredo motions for bike cop one. Look, more pointing, more big hand movements. Do you see any blood on Sam right now? He put gloves on. He's got little paper towels or something. Maybe it's a script. They're still just getting all the pictures. Shades is making his big hand movements. Oh, he's grabbing Barani. But notice Barani puts his hand on his back. Or he grabs him. And he lets go. Big hand movements. It's jazz fingers. And there goes Adam Gray. What's up, bro? Who later gets fake arrested. And then Red is pushed out with Data. See, they've already made one. And look how uniform they are. Looks like they made it just in time. Even though they don't go out that way. And there she goes. With her book bag and flag still wrapped around her. Luckily, they don't have that far to go. Just right out that door. Is that normal? Is that normal protocol? You would think if it was as easy as for everybody else to get into the Capitol, it would be for paramedics. Now we see Sam on the other side of the door. And we see he's littered his latex gloves on the Capitol floor next to the blood. No one would ever do that. Unless it was to add drama to the photos. So that's our pool of blood. That sad, pathetic pool of blood. This is classic. Oh, you just stepped in the crime scene. <laughs> Guys, you can't make this stuff up. I think he does do it intentionally because it creates a transfer pattern from the heel of his boot. It adds drama to the photos. He intentionally does that. Is that a cop? Come on, guys. Is that a cop? Are these cops? And now they put the black ski cap over the blood. They've got the photos. And that's the guy who stepped in it, now changing his appearance. And those are the sad, pathetic droplets from one malfunction squib. Now, let's take a look at the aftermath. Oh, no. And so they're all just echoing the same thing over and over again. They're getting everybody to spread the word. They just killed the girl! He shot a girl right in the goddamn stomach. I thought it was supposed to be her neck. He's shooting kids. He shot a girl there. They shot a girl. This is like the cringe hour. They shot a girl. But listen to what this lady says. That's amazing. It completely validates everything we're doing here. And notice coming down the stairs like a damn 80s movie, Thomas Barani, with his hand up, he's about to stop on the stairs and just start screaming. Shot a girl. And then no one's gonna pay attention. Wow. And now he caught somebody's attention. Bro, why are you lying? Oh, don't you mean your hand fell back into her book bag? Man, this guy's such a creep. He's not talk anymore! This is too much. God, this is so hard to look at. And here he is again. They shot her in the neck, and she fell back on me and started saying she was fine at school. What? Guys, you know none of that happened. And then she started kind of, like, moving weird. Okay, that's true. It could have been me, but she went in first. This could be you or your kids. Jesus. And here they're whisking her away on a stretcher. Notice these highlighter badges on all of them. Maybe you can tell me what these are. And maybe you can tell me what this black waistband is. Ooh, it looks like they did a touch-up. He totally has his hand on her boob. And you can see she's clearly still alive. And notice all of these van shuttles in the background. Hey, look, it's SWAT 1. What was that about? Even Taylor Hansen got a spot on TV. Um, and the minute that she hopped up in that pain, she had no idea that he was even there. No, she only had a 15-second warning. Bruh. From the first scream to her taking it to the neck. 15 seconds. He shot her right in the neck. Oh, now it's her neck. Hopefully Jaden will get it right. Yeah, so uh, basically all the, the protesters kind of stormed to get into the chamber. And perhaps our last clip is most telling of all. Here's Jaden. They killed a girl. Turn the microphone on. Here we go. Oh, what'd, so what'd you guys think about that, huh? That's oh. pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, he does a really good job pointing out inconsistencies. And when we saw this, we were like, um, looks like there's something to be questioning this about. I mean, you don't well, want you don't want to say nobody died if somebody actually did die, but. Yeah. It's no one, fishy. No one died at the Capitol. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, that other officer may have died later. Yeah. But with this being a hoax and a false flag, we yeah. can't guarantee anything. And there was that one lady who was beat on the steps. 
that we haven't really looked any deeper into. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, on March 6th, Fox News host Tucker Carlson unveiled previously unreleased January 6th footage that showed Capitol Police escorting protesters through the building. This is what you witnessed live. On the 6th, yes. That day, on your TV. Okay? Including QAnon Shaman. Right? They call yeah, that's, yeah. that's the tag Jake, they call him. Jacob. Jake, yes. The footage paints a different picture than the manipulative January 6th committee would have us believe. So let's go ahead and get that one queued up here. Yeah, I think we do have it queued up on this other side, right? Yeah. All I got to do is start the sound. Okay, we'll get that for you. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. They're going to make that the story. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. 
Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would he have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened. But it did. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch our nightly opens. Stories that are changing the world and changing your life. From Tucker Carlson tonight. Wow. That's pretty eye-opening stuff. And, you know, what's interesting about this guy, I actually watched some of his earlier videos, Mm -hmm. Jacobs. Yeah. And uh, quite some time ago, he was actually... He's gone, he is about, kind of like us, I guess, in a way, about the truth. Right. And so I saw him really bashing Trump's point of view one time. And then another time I saw him defending Trump's point of view. So I realized this guy is really just about, like, unfairness. Right. He doesn't, he's like trying to make sense of things here. Plus, like his lawyer said, are we going to hear that in this other video about his lawyer? Talking about the mental health services that they're trying to get for him. Yeah, this one is it. this one is uh, this next clip here. Mm-hmm. Um, Tucker responded to everyone trying to paint him as the liar instead of them, and he delved deeper into new footage from the January sixth Capitol breach um, and the outrage from lawmakers over its release. This was the next day. Okay, yeah, this okay. is his first response. All right. All right. Thomas Massey serves in the Congress. He did then. He does now. He represents the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Congressman, thank you so much for coming on. I have never seen members of Congress accuse the other. I mean, there's usually a kind of fraternity in the Congress. You're all members of Congress. 435 accuse their colleagues unfairly without any evidence at all of committing felonies. Uh, What's your response to this, to the lying from your colleagues in the Congress? You've exposed so many lies tonight with these tapes that uh, it's changed my perception of what happened two years ago. And I was there. The, the tapes of people milling peacefully about. And ha- my hat's off to your producers for sitting over there and going through hours of this. Yes. But I would love to to you know, to unleash the resourcefulness of the American public on these videos. I think they should be released you know, I think it's poppycock that they can't be released because of some security issues. Look, I'm the one who's supposed to be secured by these buildings, and right. I'm not worried about releasing them. They need to be released. In fact, there was a Rasmussen uh, poll that just came out that showed over 80 percent, 78 percent of Democrats and 86 percent of Republicans say that all the videos should be released. And um, and they should, because, as you said, Tucker, you didn't have facial recognition software there. We also could we need a complete catalog of all of the feds who were there. Tell us who they were. Let's let's watch the videos and let's see what they did, because there's some really strange behavior uh, on those videos of people behind the police lines in plain clothes, like touching them on the shoulder, talking in their ear, walking up you know, around boundaries as if they weren't even there. It's very odd. 
Uh, I'm the one who asked Merrick Garland. I showed him the tape of Ray Epps. The Democrats didn't like it. I had to show it on an iPad for for Merrick Garland to watch it. And then he refused to say how many feds were there. But that that was also in the Rasmussen poll. Fifty seven percent of Democrats think that it's at least somewhat likely that feds, agents of the federal government, were not just there, but were also encouraging people to riot or go into the Capitol. It's very clear from the footage that our producers bravely slogged through for three weeks, and God bless them for doing it, that that's exactly right, that federal agents encouraged the violence that day. We just, we're just a TV show, and we, we can't show people without proof um, of who they really were. But I right. agree with your assessment completely. That obviously happened. Uh, Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky, th- thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. So that was... Republican Representative Thomas Massey, who gave his take. And now we're going to listen to Tucker's response personally. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Last night we aired video from surveillance cameras on Capitol Hill. That video was recorded 26 months to the day before, January 6, 2021. And for 26 months, that footage was held from the American public. The January 6th committee made certain. Now, the Justice Department also kept a lid on that video footage. And in fact, in some cases, DOJ did not share it with criminal defendants who'd been charged on January 6th in violation of their constitutional rights. So we felt it was a public service to bring what we could to you. There was no justification for keeping this secret any longer and a powerful argument to be made that sunlight is always and everywhere the best disinfectant. And in fact, because it was video evidence, it is to some extent self-explanatory. Anyone could look at the tape and decide what he or she thinks of it. So the tape we showed last night indicated very clearly that Capitol Hill police, in some cases, escorted protesters through the Capitol as if they were giving a tour. They did that with Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman. At one point, they even tried to open locked doors on Chansley's behalf. Chansley was sentenced to four years in prison for his crimes in the Capitol on January 6th. And the video we showed you last night raises the obvious question, why? On what grounds? The video we showed you last night also showed that Officer Brian Sicknick was not beaten to death with a fire extinguisher by protesters on January 6th, as the media and Liz Cheney so often claimed. The video shows Sicknick walking around the building, apparently in good health, after he was supposedly killed. We showed you that video. You can make of it what you will. We also showed you a video that proves Ray Epps, the mysterious protester who encouraged others to breach the Capitol, lied to the January 6th committee about where he was on that day. But for some reason, the committee protected him anyway. He was not considered an insurrectionist. He was their ally. So once again, you can draw whatever conclusions you like from that video. We have ours and we shared them with you. But it's really beyond debate that it is good for this country for Americans to be able to see it. The media and politicians, the people in charge, have talked about January 6th every day since it happened for 26 months. And so at some point, the evidence should be presented to the public. In free countries, governments do not lie about protests as a pretext to gain more power for themselves. They don't selectively edit videos for propaganda services and then lie about them in fake hearings and show trials. But that's exactly what happened. And every member of Congress should ask why that happened. But Democrats in the Senate, the Democratic leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, is not asking why. Instead, Chuck Schumer went on the Senate floor today to explode and to say that showing that video, evidence of wrongdoing by the federal government, including the security forces, the police department that Nancy Pelosi personally controlled, letting the public see any of that is a threat to democracy. Watch. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. (laughs) There's nothing 
that shameful that has ever appeared on American television in the history of the medium. And so, on the basis of that, the self-evident outrage of showing the public video that it paid for and has a right to see, Chuck Schumer called for the censorship of that video. Any information, and he did not dispute that it was accurate, the damages a storyline his party constructed and used must be squelched. And Schumer was explicit on that point. Because that video contradicted lies told by the Democratic Party, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, Chuck Schumer demanded that our bosses pull this show off the air. He's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth, behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th to happen. It's a threat to democracy. Pull him off the air. A couple of obvious observations. You don't often see the Senate majority leader openly call for censorship on the floor of the Senate as if that was totally normal and didn't contradict the spirit and the letter of the First Amendment. But of course it does. But what's really happening here? What you're seeing is hysteria. The overstatement, the crazed hyperbole, the red in the face anger. What is that? Well, it's not outrage. Of course, it's fear. It's panic. Those videos, which we did not retouch, which we brought to you after running everyone by the Capitol Police to make certain that we didn't imperil anybody. We told you that last night. Those videos touch a nerve because they're a threat to the lies that Chuck Schumer has been telling for the last 26 months. And not just Chuck Schumer. We should also tell you that Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, was joined in this outrage by the Senate Minority Leader. And that would be a Republican, Mitch McConnell. And they were joined by a cascade of other Republicans. Tom Tillis from North Carolina, Mitt Romney from Utah, all sharing the same outrage. And from this, we learn two things. One, you're getting close to what they really care about. And you have to ask yourself, why? Why is it so important that they would degrade themselves by telling such obvious lies and calling for censorship? Why? What are they trying to protect? That might be worth exploring, and we plan to. And the second thing that we learn from this is that they're on the same side. The Senate Majority Leader joins the Senate Minority Leader. Tom Tillis, Mitt Romney. <laughs> they're all on the same side. So it's actually not about left and right. It's not about Republican and Democrat. Here you have people with shared interests. The open borders people. The people, <laughs> the people like Mitch McConnell who are living in splendor on Chinese money. The people who underneath it all have everything in common are all aligned against everyone else. And that would include almost all news organizations in this country as well. And so if you're watching this, it might be kind of interesting to keep a list. Because one thing we learned today is that they're all in agreement with each other. They kind of outed themselves. They sort of showed their membership cards and whatever club this is to the public. So keep a list. If you want to know who's actually aligned, despite the illusion of partisanship, we found out today. We have a little more tape for you tonight. So if you take three steps back, you may notice that the one person, really, who was never blamed for anything that happened on January 6th was the very same person who was in charge of the police force, the Capitol Hill police, that was charged with securing safety on January 6th. And that person was Nancy Pelosi. So if there was a security failure on January 6th, and demonstrably there was, that was probably Nancy Pelosi's fault. And after looking at thousands of hours of footage, we came to the conclusion that many others have reached, which is the Capitol Police were not prepared for what happened. And that's fascinating when you think about it, because there was ample warning. The federal intel and law enforcement agencies knew perfectly well there could be a massive disturbance at the Capitol. But the frontline officers on duty that day didn't know. And yet the people who kept that information from the frontline officers who were overwhelmed by thousands of people milling around the Capitol building, the people who fell down on the job, who didn't do their job, they were not punished. 
they were rewarded. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch our nightly opens, stories that are changing the world and changing your life. From Tucker Carlson tonight. The neat thing about it is that when Glenn Beck interviewed him, it just felt like, it almost sounded like he was a different person. Mm -hmm. Plus, it felt like he was a different person. He was just like a regular person doing some research, and these things just aren't fitting. So this is really good. Right. Did you want to... This was Thursday again. Okay. Yes. Hey, Glenn. How are you? How are you? Good. I couldn't be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm so cut off. <laughs> this uh, this is, we were talking about it earlier today. I recognize what you're going through right now. <laughs> I know you do. You're one of like three people in the world, you understand. <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy to watch it from the outside. Uh, so, Tucker. First of all, can we just get this out of the way? Are you saying that this was a peaceful event? Or are you saying this was... Well, of course not. Of course not. No, no, no. I'm just... We were... I tried to be pretty... I wrote those scripts myself. So mm-hmm. any, you know, any overstatement or errors of fact are my fault. Um, but I tried to keep it specific. We focused on a couple of individuals, three. And they're Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer who died after January 6th, and Ray Epps, the mysterious figure on camera promoting violence, who was for some reason not indicted, put on the FBI's most wanted list and pulled off and thanked by Democrats for his service. And we assessed each of those stories on the, you know, in light of the new tape that we reviewed. And in the first case, I, I merely made the point that here's a guy, Jacob Chansley, a Navy veteran who's doing four years in prison for some species of domestic terrorism. But none of us have ever been shown what he did to deserve four years in prison. And now we know. And there's videotape of him being led around by Capitol Police into the Senate chamber. And at one point they try one door, it's locked on his behalf. They're trying to get him into the Senate chamber. Then they lead him in. It's on tape. And he goes into the Senate chamber and immediately says a prayer out loud of Thanksgiving for the police officers who let him in. Okay. So wait, 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 wait. He is, uh, uh, he is being escorted by the police, but the captain of the uh, Capitol police said just last night that this was to de-escalate the situation. And, and I'm sure there was a lot of de-escalation going on. I'm speaking of a very specific case where this was not de-escalation. It was something else. And I can't really guess as to what it was. I merely put the video up um, and drew my conclusions. But, of course, viewers are, are welcome to draw their own. But here you have a guy who's walking alone. There are no other protesters in the frame. And there are nine armed Capitol Hill police officers around him. They do not stop him. They don't try and slow him down. They don't try to bring him to an exterior exit. They bring him, they lead him, trying different doors into the Senate chamber, at which point, as I said, he says a, says a prayer, justly, of thanksgiving for them and their assistance. Now, I don't, and again, I, don't, I can't even guess as to what motivated them, what we're looking at here, but I know what we're not looking at, which is an act of violent terrorism. And yet, this guy's doing four years in jail. And I'm trying not to use profanity on your show, but, like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, for real, like, what is that? And don't tell me it's something that it's not. And so the main conclusion that I drew is that Chuck Schumer and the, the horrible Senate minority leader Mitch McConnell, filthy man, and Mitt Romney and Tom Tillis and Senator Kramer of North Dakota, like, they're all lying. They're all lying. And a lot of them are Republicans. Why are they lying about what? we can see plainly and why didn't they want us to see it? And again, I can't sort of fill in that blank. I can't answer that question, but I know deception when I see it, it's demonstrable, it's proven. And they should, I think, be asked to explain themselves. Like it's not enough to say, Oh, it was the worst violent insurrection since Gettysburg or something. Okay, fine. Stop with the overstatement, the hyperbole, and just explain to me what I'm looking on uh, on the screen and seeing, you know, Tucker, um, because I've been in this situation before, let me ask you, if I came to you and I gave you some edited footage of something and I said, no, Tucker, this is what it is. You, you're not going to believe this. Uh, I mean, I'm going to show you some stuff, but this was an armed insurrection. It was really bad. Let me show you. And I've edited some tape and given it to you. If that turned out that 
uh, I edited out the things that you found. Would you just kind of go quiet or would you come out and blast me to smithereens? I'd feel deceived. And right. And as you know, you work in you've worked in television most of your life. You've worked around pictures. You know their power, and you know their capacity to deceive. Nothing is more misleading than pictures. Mm-hmm. You think you're seeing the whole story. You're not. And all of us who work in this medium know that. And so I think TV people, above all, and movie people, anyone who works around pictures, is very aware of their power and their capacity for deception. And so we're suspicious. Okay, you show me those pictures, you whip me into a lather, but uh, is there something you're not showing me? Did you edit that? And so from the very first day, I wanted to see all the video. And and, And I don't understand why other, why is MSNBC and CNN and you know, NBC News and CBS and like, why is no one else interested? I, well, I, no, but I it's, it's, it's beyond not interested. They if they were innocent of of this, if they were just saying, hey, we're just reporting what we have been told and what we were given, I would feel very deceived and I would be the loudest in the room saying, release all of it to me because uh, what I just saw doesn't match what you gave me. Why aren't they standing yeah. up and defending their own honor and integrity? Well, that's it. That's it. Oh, God. I'm so grateful you said that because that's the core of it. It's not even – thank you for saying that. It's not even about politics, partisanship, power. It's about dignity. Yes. It's about your own self-respect. I'm an adult man. I'm 53. I have four grown children. I pay my taxes. I'm a citizen, lifelong of this country. You can't lie to me. You diminish me when you do that. And if I participate in that, if I allow you to lie to me, then I'm no longer a free man. I'm a slave. And that has to do with me. It's not even about you. It's I have self-respect, and I cannot allow that to continue without me saying something about it because I respect myself. I hold myself to higher standards. I'm not, you know, I'm not Mahatma Gandhi or something. I'm, I, don't, I don't want to overstate my virtue. I'm not very virtuous, actually. But I do have some standard of self-respect and they don't. And it's shocking to me. You called the January 6th committee members, uh, liars, um, besides Here. suggestions that, you know, Sitnik was murdered, not even uh, suggestions claiming that, um, a, a, do you make the case that they're liars? They, they didn't just, you know, fib a bit and eat around the corners, that these are full-fledged liars. Well, that was the stunning part to me. I've been in Washington my whole life, and my dad worked for the government, so I had a kind of root-level trust in government, or a trust in government, but, like, the whole thing can't be fraudulent, because I know the people who work there. My dad was one of them. Like, this is, you know, I'm very much from that world. I guess that's what I'm saying. So my default setting is not, they're lying about everything. I've never assumed that. And so I was shocked to learn that they were lying intentionally. And the way that we know that, we have a very specific way of knowing that, which is when January 6th committee researchers looked at video, they bookmarked it. They left an electronic mark on the video they watched. So we know what they watched, and then we watched it. And so there is video of Chansley, of Ray Epps, and of Brian Sicknick that we know they watched that was not included in the report, was never mentioned in the hearings a year and a half, a thousand witnesses, 850 page report. And this video, which overturns the story they were telling, proves it was a lie. They saw, but hid. So, you know, I'm always hesitant to go to motive because who understands people's motives? You know, you can only really guess about them. But in this specific case, we know that they lied. And that just blew my mind. I mean, you know, some of these guys have Adam Schiff lies. I think Adam Schiff, there are spiritual forces surrounding Adam Schiff. Like, I think he is a force of darkness, and I mean that. But somebody, is Benny Thompson evil? Like, I have trouble believing. You know, like, is, is, I mean, I've known Liz Cheney for 25 years. Is Liz Cheney, like, actually a liar? I just always assume she just disagrees on the, on the issues with me. No, it turns out Liz Cheney is actually affirmatively a liar. She knew information. She withheld it because it challenged the lie that she was telling to the public. And that's just completely, I mean, call me naive. I guess I'm sure everyone listening is like, how stupid are you? Well, I guess kind of stupid because I was blown away by that. So I know you don't want to go into motivation, but 
this a pretty large lie. I don't want to use big lie because that's what Schumer used and Hitler used. <laughs> um, but it's a pretty large lie. What, what is the motivation? Well, if you, you know, again, I can only speculate, but I, I know the effects of the lie and they're not small. This, this is an event that was a complex event with many facets and they simplified it immediately into a good versus evil tale as they do with everything, partly because they lack nuance and imagination and sophistication, but partly because this was a tool they were using for a purpose. It was a cudgel they were using to beat down their opponents and grab more power for themselves. And in effect, what it did was change the definition of terrorism from something that, you know, exists in other countries and is aimed at us to Republican voters, populist voters. I shouldn't say Republican, because Bernie Sanders voters, Trump voters, anybody who questions the legitimacy of the current two parties is power holders is now redefined not as a political opponent, but as a terrorist. And that has very specific consequences. It means all of a sudden you can harness the world's largest law enforcement organization, the FBI, and the intel agencies, CIA, NSA, Defense Intelligence, all of them. And you can harness them against your political opponents. And that's exactly what they did. Not just in the hundreds of people who went to jail and the almost 100 who were still in jail without trial as political prisoners 26 months later, but all the other people who are just political activists who have views. People, honestly, people like you, like they can read your text messages. They did read mine. And I say, read my text messages and then threaten me with them. And, you know, I brought this to members of Congress. They had a hearing on it. NSA admitted they did it. And then nothing happened. You know, that director of the NSA is still in office. Like nothing happens. And you realize, wow, the, the largest organization in human history, the federal government, has been harnessed as a political tool. It's like the one thing you can't allow. And we have allowed it. It's happened with the complicity of Republicans certainly with Mitch McConnell's complicity. And that's just mind blowing. And then it's like, well, what do I do now? You know, I'm not going to leave America. I'm from here. I love this country. I have four kids. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here. But you really start to feel like I've always thought I was a very patriotic person, fly the American flag, believe in the country. And all of a sudden it's like the power centers in the country, the the government, which is supposed to be nonpartisan serving all of us equally as citizens, that's turned against me like I'm some Al-Qaeda member from Baluchistan or something? Like, what? It's very bewildering, I will say that. Yeah, I think part of it is because we forgot what Washington said, which was, you know, government is like fire. You control it, it's fine. If it controls you, it'll burn everything down. And we confused exactly. our our love of the principles of our country with the love of and trust of our government. Trust the principles, not the government. I'm back with uh, Tucker Carlson here in 60 seconds. So, Tucker, what is it that, what if, if, you know, I, I think you're making points that I understand, but the left intentionally is misunderstanding them and trying to direct the conversation into places that you're not, you're not suggesting what is the what is the message that you want people to walk away with this week? What's the point of what you're doing? That you're being lied to and that you deserve better. Your government's not allowed to lie to you. That's against the law. They're not allowed to lie to you. It's your government. And you should demand better. And I and I would say in a very specific way, I've alluded to it a couple of times, that for people who are not, you know, supporters of President Biden who think the system needs reform, that it doesn't represent them, it doesn't serve their interests. Those people are Republican voters because they have no option. They vote for the Republican Party. There's no third party, a meaningful one. And so very specifically, they have to demand more from their own representatives or else democracy isn't real. So representative democracy, that means your will is expressed through the votes of the people you vote for to go to Washington on your behalf. And that is absolutely not happening. Their priorities are in a different universe from the priorities of their voters. You don't see that on the left. Democratic politicians make some effort to represent their own voters. Republican politicians do not. Mitch McConnell has zero interest in what you think about anything. 
And that is a that's a structural problem with the party. And I don't know what it like what the fix is. I think part of the problem is that Republican voters don't like the donors don't like Republican voters. They clearly don't. You know, and the biggest donors to the Republican Party think Republican voters are disgusting. And that's that's a huge, huge problem. That's not true on the other side. So I don't know. But, I, you know, there's kind of nothing you can do about Merrick Garland if you're your average voter. But if you're if your member of Congress is like not even bothering to listen to what you care about, you have a way to replace him. It's called a primary. And I don't know why that never happens. I mean, I really don't understand. I mean, Adam Kinzinger would still be serving in the Congress if he wasn't redistricted out of his seat. And like, what is that? You know, was, were the majority of Republican voters in his Illinois district on his side? No, but he would have gotten reelected. So there's a problem with our system. And I, I hope that can be fixed. And, and he's right. We are being lied to. What, what's your number one point, Tucker? That you're being lied to. The yep. ugly truth. Hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get out of here and get into our final segment. And thank you for listening to The Ugly Truth, because... They can't stop us, because we're ready to fight. Trying to brainwash us, but we won't let freedom die. The whole world's brainwashed. Everybody pick a team, start a riot in the streets. The whole world's brainwashed. The Ugly Truth, hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore.